Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Headlines. We're going to jump right into it because on Friday night uh, we were talking about uh, the Kim Clavel fight and uh, we thought, hey, if we put down a thousand bucks, we'd win a hundred. I mean, there was no way this girl was going to lose, but she lost. Jessica Neri beat uh, Kim Clavel by unanimous decision in their 10-round contest uh, that took place at Place Bell in Laval. So, um, proof you should uh, occasionally bet on the uh, the underdog. Uh, let's move along uh, to uh, the big fight that took place um, down in New York. Not New York City, but New York State. Uh, a heavyweight bout, a duo of heavyweight bouts, actually. The heavyweights boxed instead of brawled, and Effie Ajagba closed the show strong. Ajagba edged the previously unbeaten Stephen Shaw by 10-round unanimous decision, 96-34 on all three cards, Saturday evening, and that took place at the Turning Stone Resort Casino, as I said earlier, on uh, in uh, New York State. So Ajagba is now 17-1 with 13 knockouts, and he won his second straight bout since uh, 2021 defeat to Frank Sanchez, who I think is unbeaten as well. He had surgeries on both elbows after that fight and has reestablished himself as a contender to watch, without a doubt one of our favorites here on Talk and Fight. Shaw, who's now 18-1 with 13 knockouts, was ahead 58-56 on all three judges' cards after the six, but was outlanded 62-37 in the last four rounds. In a battle of jabs, Ajagba landed his with more frequency, 90 to 48. He said, I went back to the corner and they told me to let my hands go, just keep throwing punches, my jab, I controlled the fight, so that's how I won. Ajagba said he tried to land the big shots, I watched him to see what he was going to do. He kept throwing the jab, using the jab more. In the co-feature, uh, the heavyweight, spoiler, Johnny Rice did it again. Rice, he's now 16, 6 and 1 with 11 knockouts, stunned Guido Vinello, uh, who's now 10, 1 and 1 with 9 knockouts, stopping the 2016 Italian Olympian in the seventh round. Vinello was cut over the left eye by a right hand, right hand in the sixth, uh, although the referee initially ruled it was caused by an accidental headbutt. After a conference with the local commission, the ruling was reversed. Rice entered the fight, uh, coming off back to back victories over highly regarded prospect Michael Coffey. At the time of the stoppage, all three judges had Vianello ahead, 59-55 two times, and uh, 58-56 on the third card. I did it again, another undefeated fighter, Bryce said. I'm not here to call anyone out right now. I'm just going to enjoy this victory and see what happens next. Now, on that undercard I was speaking of earlier, uh, in the junior lightweight division, Abraham El Supernova, 22-1, and 50 knockouts, exercised the demon of his last June's knockout loss to Rubisi Ramirez and knocked down Adam Balunos Lopez, 16-4, six knockouts, twice to win a 10-round unanimous decision. The first four rounds were razor thin, but in the fifth, Nova landed a big left hook during an exchange that floored Lopez. In the sixth, Nova knocked down Lopez again, creating a wide gulf on the cards. Lopez buzzed Nova in the eighth, but was unable to press the advantage. And the scores ended up being 97, 91, 98, 90. Twice. One of our favorites here in Talk and Fight in the lightweight division, Haven Brady Jr., 9-0, four knockouts, dominated early, and had to hold off the late charge of Colombian banger Ruben Carvera. 
He's 13-4, 11 knockouts. Brady was clipped with an overhand right at the end of the fifth, but he weathered the storm and notched an eight-round unanimous decision. In the welterweight division, local favorite Bryce Mills, 11-1, four knockouts. From nearby Liverpool, New York, had the fans on their feet from the time he made his ring walk. He did not disappoint, shutting out the aggressive Margarito Hernandez over six rounds, with the scores being 60-54 to 54 on all three cards. One of our favorites, Brian Normer Jr. in the welterweight division, 23-0, undefeated, 19 knockouts, made his top-ranked debut and shook off the ring rust with an eight-round unanimous decision over Argentina's Rodrigo Correa. He is now 10-5. and Norman nearly stopped Korea in the opening round, but the Southpaw veteran survived and even stunned Norman with a left lead hand in the seventh. Norman scored a knockdown with a left hook in the eighth uh, to secure the win. In the featherweight division, someone who we've mentioned quite often, I think uh, he's won the Knockout of the Week award twice, undefeated Brooklyn-born prospect Bruce Shushu Carrington. He's now 6-0 with three knockouts, rolled past Juan Lopez, who's now 17 and 13 and one with seven knockouts, but received some much needed experience on route to a six round unanimous decision with the scores being 60 to 54 on all three cards in the light heavyweight division. Cleveland born prospect Dante Benjamin Jr. Five and O prevailed in the battle of unbeatens with a first round TKO over Emmanuel Austin. Benjamin knocked down Austin with a left right combination and the time of stoppage was two minutes and 50 seconds. Some, uh, some some good fighting going on down in New York. It's good to see uh, relatively close by. If I had my private jet available, I would have been down there that night. Good stuff. All right. Moving along uh, to some, uh, hmm, shall we say, not necessarily controversy, but uh, an interesting opinion, courtesy of uh, uh, sports writer Adam Baskin that I happen to catch on BoxingNews24.com. He said, Errol Spence Jr.'s fight against Keith one-time Thurman uh, at 154 that we expect to happen in April will reportedly be sanctioned by the WBC as a mandatory defense for Errol's welterweight title with the organization. To be sure, continues the writer, it doesn't make much sense for the WBC to sanction Spence non-title fight at junior middleweight as counting as a mandatory defense for his 147-pound belt but it's being done. The only way Adam Baskin can make any sense out of this nonsensical move by the World Boxing Council is that by them sanctioning the Spence Thurman bout, at least there will be a sanctioning fee that will be involved. If the WBC didn't sanction the fight, it means no sanctioning fee. What's surprising is that there won't be a title on the line for the Spence versus Thurman fight. If Spence were going to go to the trouble to ask the WBC to sanction this fight with Thurman as satisfying his mandatory defense of his 147-pound belt, he should have taken it one step further for the sanctioning body to create a new belt for him and old one time to fight uh, to give some pseudo-credibility for the fight. Casual boxing fans won't know the difference anyway. If they see a fancy belt trotted out along with Spence and Thurman, they'll figure that the fight is a major title fight uh, rather than a newly created job uh, to add some significance to the fight, even if the strap has just been manufactured. In the big scheme of things, it probably won't matter anyway, especially if Spence soon after vacates all three of his 147-pound titles 
and never returns to the division so that he can swerve the dangerous Terrence Bud Crawford and Jerron Boots Annis. It's highly unlikely Spence, he's 28-0, 22 knockouts, will bother come back down to 147 and get fillet, filleted by Boots and Crawford. Spence isn't another General MacArthur who once said, I will return. Spence isn't returning to 147 after he faces Thurman at 154 because there's too much risk involved at welterweight. And he's not about to want to deal with all the danger, especially if he's drained. Many boxing fans already believe that Errol is intentionally aging the 35-year-old Crawford, waiting until he's old, gray, and infirm, and incapable of putting up a good fight. Well, there you have it from our good friend Adam Baskin, as I said, BoxingNews24.com. Um, but the fun doesn't stop there. Uh, his cohort, Barry Holbrook, said, The IBF has reversed their order for the heavyweight champ, Alexander Usyk to defend against mandatory Philip Pergovic next, thus allowing the undisputed match against WBC champ Tyson Fury to go ahead. Dan Raphael is reporting the news of IBF president Daryl Peoples canceling the order for Usyk, 20-0, 13 knockouts, to defend against the number one Hergovic. Peoples stated uh, that the WBA is next in the rotation system for mandatory defenses, meaning that Daniel Dubois will be the next mandatory due to the IBF, WBA, WBO champion Usyk to defend against. However, with Dubois being promoted by the same person as Tyson Fury in Frank Warren, he's already working on a Fury-Usyk fight to happen next in March, possibly in the Middle East or the UK. After that, the, the winner will decide whether to defend against WBA mandatory Dubois or vacate the belt. Warren said today uh, that Fury is interested in facing Joe Joyce in his next fight if he successfully defeats Usyk in March. Ergovic's promoter is Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing, and he obviously won't be happy of learning of the IBF's decision to rescind their previous order for Usyk to defend against his fighter. Hearn was counting on the Usyk versus Hergovic fight, and he talked about Fury not being able to face Alexander for the undisputed because his fighter was due his title shot. So on it goes. Warren revealed this week that a draft contract had been sent to Usyk for the Fury fight, and they need to move quickly to get the fight signed ahead of the March showdown. Usyk's management can't afford to be slow in reviewing the draft contract if the Fury fight is to proceed in March. For the boxing fans that are anxiously waiting to see the Fury, uh, Fury fight uh, against Usyk for the Undisputed, this is an excellent news because the match no longer has a roadblock obstructing it from going ahead in March. The disappointing thing about it is that Fury versus Usyk, um, the winner will likely only be Undisputed for one fight before they quickly vacate the WBA belt to swerve the Dubois match, which is risky and not one that will be worth making. If Dubois were more popular worldwide, it would be worth it for the Fury versus Usyk winner to defend against him. But unfortunately, he's mostly known to British boxing fans, and he's not considered to be a real talent. Wow. Speaking of uh, UK talent, I see that Chris Eubank and uh, Liam Smith are up to collide next. Um, I believe that's next weekend. Uh, anyway, they're uh, set to settle their uh, fierce feud on an action-packed bill featuring Joseph Parker, Richard Rapport, uh, Fraser Clark, and Chris Conga. And that's set, as I said, 
uh, for January 21st over in Manchester. And there you have it, uh, boxing fans. Uh, everything uh, you need to know uh, here on Talk and Fight Boxing News today. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. with Mike Orr and Cedric Ben for their show, Knuckle Up. Thank you.